You're listening to The Bridge Loud in Chicago on QRock 100.7 FM and online worldwide via thebridgechicago.com. Hey, this is Jed Brewer. Here's tonight's question. I'm an addict in recovery, but people look down on me. What do I do? Let's get into it. Die! 
We're with you here on The Bridge Loud. My name is Matt King, and I'm joined by the founder of Mission USA, Glenn Fitzgerald. I really love double stuff Oreos, but you know I can quit anytime I want. Doesn't sound like a true thing. Also joining us to produce the show, the man that puts music together, Jed Brewer. Hey, bro. I got some mega stuff Oreos. First one's free. <laughs> well, I got I got very Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> or like high school educational film about the dangers right. of getting Oreos on the street. That's right. Just picture Jed like wearing a leather jacket, stepping out of a street light. <laughs> yeah. <Hey> kid. <laughs> right. We're answering a question tonight that came to the bridge loud at gmail.com. This week's question says, I'm an addict in recovery, but people look down on me. What do I do? And Glenn, in our day job, working with uh, folks and kind of getting close to God, we work with a lot of people who are coming out of yeah. addiction and in that, in that recovery process. Where do we start with those? Well, we do. And I think what's what's crazy about that is we have a ton of respect for those people because we see how hard they're working. Yeah. So for us, there's a weird dichotomy between the way they're often judged and the way that we see them, you know, yeah. when we see their struggles. Uh, it, it and it stinks to be judged. That's that's the bottom line. Uh, it, it, we've all experienced that in different ways, and sometimes with addicts, it's it's uh, it, it can run pretty deep and be pretty extreme. And it also, like any other thing that we're likely to be judged on, there are elements of that that might be true. Yeah. So that makes it kind of stick in a way that's hard to fully reject and not onboard that judgment that other people have given us. So we need to work on that. I think it's a really interesting point. And Jed, maybe you can unpack that more for us because we all might think it'd be really bad if I was accused of something I just didn't do. Yeah. We've all experienced that. And it's, you just say, well, I didn't do that. Yeah. Then there's, you know, the kind of, you got me. Yeah. The thing you said is entirely accurate. Yes. But then we're in this middle part where that's kind of true, but I'm kind of trying to make it not be true. And how does that start to play with your head? Well, you know, if someone accuses you of being a Decepticon mm. and they can't trust you on that basis, it's easy to write off. Right. You, know, yeah. you have to stop hanging out with Michael Bay at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that. And if you've got, you know, um, if I've got brown hair. If somebody says, well, I just hate all people with brown hair. It's like, well, I do have brown hair, but this is clearly a malfunction related to you, dude. Right. Don't, don't put that on me, man. But it's when somebody accuses you of something that's kind of true. It, you know, it's like if they if they say, you know, one time I saw him smoke a cigarette and people who ever smoke cigarettes can't be trusted. It's was well, I did smoke a cigarette, but that seems like an, I mean, I don't like that comments on my character. All of a sudden, we feel like we need to debate. We need to argue with this person. And so now we're being judged and we need to explain ourselves. And that puts a lot of pressure on us. We, we get in the situation where something negative is going on and we're being mistreated, but it's also our responsibility to figure it out, which seems really unfair and really uncool. I think the question that we need to ask is, do we actually owe any of these people an explanation? When people judge us, do we owe them a response on that, or is there another way to go? That's a really great question. That's what we look at when we come back right here on The Bridge Loud. Oh uh-huh. 
We are back with you here on The Bridge Loud. My name is Matt King. Once again, I'm joined by the founder of Mission USA, Glenn Fitzgerald. I started off with regular Oreos, and I progressed to street Oreos, and now I'm just mainlining ding-dongs. <laughs> That's going to be the title of his book. That's a... Uh... It's a powerful memoir. Also joining us, the producer of the show, Jed Brewer. Chasing the hostess dragon. <laughs> continuing until the letters from hostess lawyers come in. We're going to continue to answer a question that came into the bridge loud at gbell.com. This week's question says, I'm an addict in recovery, but people look down on me. What do I do? And Glenn, last segment, we looked at the idea of it can be really a harsh thing that our, the people we know in our lives who are in addiction recovery deal with a lot of being judged or accused of something that has some truth to it. Right. Yes, you engage in this negative behavior. That may not say about you what this person is implying it does. That's right. On the whole, but and Jed got us an idea of feeling like you're, you're defensive and you owe an explanation to someone, and that's how you're going to get out of this is by explaining it to them. Is yeah. that really a good strategy? No, it's really not. I mean, some people are willfully ignorant, so that's, you know, you're, you're just fighting a battle they're not going to let you win. They're just going to keep moving the goalposts forever. That's not fruitful. It's also a, a, a case of, you know, I, I, I think we can get caught up in this discussion where someone's saying if you grant my premise, you have to grant my conclusion. Sure. You smoke crack once, so that means you're an irresponsible crackhead. Yeah. Well, wait. I, no, I, I did smoke the crack. First part's true. The first part's true. The second part... Yeah, I got really judging towards the end there. Yeah, that, that's you judging. That's you. You got your issues you're putting into that. You need to work on that. That doesn't have to do with me. But I think that's where we, we need to make that shift is I'll grant your premise, but I don't have to agree with your conclusion. That's a really great point. And, Jed, I bring that, think that brings us to the idea of good faith. Totally. In the sense of just because someone has a opinion about you or an accusation of you, even if it has some factual elements to it, doesn't mean you have to entertain that like they have a point, right? That's exactly right. One of the things that we we don't often talk about in society, but it's really true, is some people just like being judgmental, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, they just love feeling superior. It's not like they have a show where like that's all it is, it's just people <laughs> judging other people. <laughs> It's our national pastime, right? So let's play this out for a second. You know, you, you've got somebody you know, and they say, well, she's a drunk, so you can't trust her. All right, well, if you thought this was a good faith thing, like maybe this person just doesn't know or they don't understand, you might be tempted to say, well, no, I, I used to be a drunk. That much is true, but now I'm in recovery. But there's nothing to stop that person if they just like judging, if that's the whole thing here, from replying, you know what, that's the kind of thing a real drunk would say. And now all we've done is hey, we've wasted our time, we've wasted our emotional energy, we've put ourselves in a situation where we're bound to feel worse just because someone's kind of beating up on us, and we've kind of given this person a platform to spread their awfulness. So there, there hasn't been any net gain, and that's because people who want to be judgmental are going to keep on being that way. They're not looking to come off of that. The question we need to ask is, is everybody like that? Is the whole world just determined to be judgmental? Let's hope not. We'll find out when we come back right here on The Bridge Loud.
Loud. We are back to you here on the Bridge Loud. My name is Matt King, and I'm joined by the founder of Mission USA, Glenn Fitzgerald. Make no mistake, Twinkies are a gateway drug. <laughs> Again, we're going to be hearing from some confectionery lawyer very soon. Also joining us, producer of the show, the band that puts some music together, Judd Brewer. Ain't no crueler mistress than Lil' Debbie. <laughs> wow. Jed doing an impersonation of the man who went through a messy divorce with little Debbie. <laughs> pretty dark. There. There's a lot going on there. For, we're going to go ahead and keep answering our question that came to thebridgelot at gmail.com. This week's question says, I'm an addict in recovery, but people look down on me. What do I do? So when we close the last segment with the idea, and it's one that I think Jed pointed out correctly, does not get brought up enough in discussions like this of some people just like judging. Yeah. It's their hobby. It's their yes. sport. It's what they do. Yeah. Um, but there are people in life who are not that. Yeah. So how do we go about identifying and finding those people? Well, you're right. There's, there's a lot of judgment in the world. We, we wouldn't have uh, baking shows or dancing shows or... Reality TV in general. Yeah, just it's all judgment. Uh, so that's, uh, that's out there. It's it's not everybody, but there's, there's a lot of people out there. And there are people who will be supportive, and they might be supportive in a way that's not involving a lot of evaluation, which... Sure. You might you might start questioning how supportive are you if you haven't thought about it very much that kind of thing but it's positive so sure. we can we can take it for that but then you can have some people in your life that are just wary of you they're they, they're uh, you know I'm not sure I need to keep an eye on you here's the thing I think from my experience of working with addicts they really feel negatively towards that wary person. Yeah. But the thing is, if someone makes you earn the trust back that you need to earn back anyway, they might be more likely to give you that trust than anybody else. So that may not be a really negative thing that, that people would be wary of you. It's good to be in a position. You, you need to earn the trust back anyway. If someone will give it to you, that's important. That's a really good point. And, Jed, um, so a lot of when we work with folks who have been in, in madness with addiction or crime or whatever their, their thing is, their, their golden goose is I'm going to find the person I hurt the most yeah. and make them think I'm a good person. Yeah. And, I mean, as a long-term goal, we don't judge. Sure. But we may do better to go looking for places where people are not going to judge us from a, as a starting point, right? There's no question about it. Uh, we all need people who are supporting us. We all need people who see the journey that we're on. If your person is in recovery, who see the hard work that you're doing day in and day out to maintain that, to build that. We all need that. It is almost impossible to do anything hard, much less sobriety, in a vacuum by yourself. That is so difficult. Fortunately, that's what groups like AA are for. That's what groups like NA are for. We're uh, big fans of a group called Celebrate Recovery. Uh, same, same exact concept. That's what those groups are for. Yes, there's some teaching, there's some learning, but there's a lot of being cheered on. There's a lot of encouragement. If you have been around church stuff, there's a lot of what uh, people refer to as fellowship going on in those places. And man, don't undersell that. It's such an important thing. And you can't make judgmental people stop being judgmental, but you can choose to surround yourself with people that are cheering you on. That's right. And even if your thing is an addiction, there are support groups, there are community groups, there are things like that to find a little help and a lot of support on whatever the issue you're trying to deal with is. If you don't know where to start with that in your community, you can email us, thebridgeloud at gmail.com. Again, thebridgeloud at gmail.com. And you'll hear that You'll hear that email address a couple of times. You listen all the way to the end of the show. Drop us a line. We'll help you out there. We'll be right back here on The Bridge Loud.
Hey, this is Glenn from the Bridge Loud. Maybe you're listening right now and you're thinking, none of this good news applies to me because I've made mistakes and I've got a record. Well, you know what? No problem. We work every day with people who have been and sometimes still are behind bars. We know how to work with that and we ain't scared. Email us at thebridgeloud at gmail.com. That's thebridgeloud at gmail.com. We know you have struggles. We believe in you, and we want to help. We're back here on The Bridge Loud. My name is Matt Kane. I'm joined by the founder of Mission USA, Glenn Fitzgerald. Let's do this. Also joined by the producer of the show, Jed Brewer. I'm hungry now. Dang. <laughs> We're going to answer a question that came to thebridgeloud at gmail.com. This week's question says, I'm an addict in recovery, but people look down on me. What do I do? And there's a little something we like to add to the Twinkie of the wisdom that we put on the show already, and that would be... A little bit of secret sauce. The secret sauce. Well, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, in our day job, we work with a lot of folks who are recovering addicts in various stages of that. It could be we, we're literally, they're literally coming to uh, a meeting with us on their second or third day sober. That could be 20 years. But what are the kind of things you tell them when they get in these uh, cycles of thinking or feeling like everyone's looking down on them? Well, for sure, as Joe was pointing out, being around as many supportive people as you can, really building a new social circle is going to be important. We hope that we're part of that for you, that yeah. you feel our support in this, because we're rooting for you. We think if you're trying to make a big change in your life, that's like a super honorable, respectable thing. Totally. And we're, we're behind you on that. But I think it's also important when we're working with people to for them to look at what you would hear in a 12-step program referred to as a higher power. You know, we're, we're, Our thing is being Christians and helping people get a deeper relationship with God as part of making these big changes in their lives and finding a whole lot beyond that. You know, Again, that new social circle, a whole new life, really. But it's important to start with this, that God does know everything about your past, but he also understands everything about your past, why you did it, what happened. He doesn't sit and say, I am going to mistreat you based on your bad actions. I'm going to punish you based on all of those things. He's looking at you and saying, I want to receive you and love you and help you fuel these changes that you're making so that you can live a better, healthier life and one that's more intimate with him. That's absolutely right. And it's really is a concept that once you get a hold of it, if you're, when you're doing the Christian thing, it works from the inside out. There's a guy you may have heard talk about on the show, if you've been to church, or like you may have heard them talk about this guy, the Apostle Paul, who wrote a big chunk of the second half of the Bible, which we call the New Testament. He started off his career by trying to commit genocide against Christians. Now, I don't know what you've done, dear listener, and we've all done things we're not proud of. Unless you tried to genocide all the Christians on earth, you have not done something as anti-Jesus as the Apostle Paul. And Jesus, uh, the risen Jesus appears to him and calls him and gives him this ministry and all this amazing stuff. And he says this cool thing in one of the letters he wrote that's in the Bible. He says, I care very little if I'm judged by you or anyone else. In fact, I don't even judge myself. And when you get to that place, of, as, as Glenn's talking about, of God knows all the stuff I've done and all the stuff I tried to do and all the stuff I thought about doing. He doesn't judge me. So then I don't judge me. And once God and I aren't judging me, I really don't care if anyone else is judging me. There's a lot of freedom in that. That's the life we want for you. And we will see you next week right here on The Bridge Loud. 
All right, that's our show. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you back here next week on The Bridge Loud. And let us know, are you ready to join the Bridge Loud tribe? We know you've got talents. Maybe you can scream or play the guitar or make a super cool graphic. Love it. Reach out to us at thebridgeloud at gmail.com and tell us what you do. We want your talents and gifts as a part of the Bridge Loud, so don't be shy. Let us know, thebridgeloud at gmail.com. We love you, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Encompassed by the dim of the restless world around me.